0: It's a big day on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast because Chris Towers is back. Yes. Hey, guys.
1: Welcome back. How you feeling, Chris Towers? I'm good. I have had half of a chicken breast and a like 75% of a breakfast sandwich in the last 70 hours, so I'm in the best shape of my life. <laughs> the truth training. is, Chris
2: needs to take two to three days off about every month I look, to stay fresh. So. I,
1: look like, uh, I look like spring training Pablo Sandoval right now. Okay, good. Perfect.
0: Well, hopefully uh, you, hopefully, we get the Better Than Pablo Sandoval performance from you today. Let's let's talk about yesterday, because I knew Tuesday was lame, and I knew Wednesday would be awesome. And there were not enough TVs in the world last night. I was trying to watch Bundy, Tyone, uh, Eikhoff, Finnegan, Morton, Peralta, Pax. I was trying to watch it all. I couldn't do it, obviously. I only have two eyes. But man, there's some great pitching performances yesterday. Which pitching performance stood out the most to you, Heath Cummings.
2: Um, I'll go with Jamison Tyone. Okay. It, because like I it was not the best pitching performance, but to go into that ballpark, and it's still a very good lineup even without bets, and to go up against Chris Sale, who's Throwing blanks for seven innings, that I'm impressed. I love Tyone. I, love I don't. Him. I didn't. I haven't
0: loved him, and he was very good. And he walked three guys, which is weird because last year Tyone walked 17 in 104 innings. He had one start with three walks, It was actually his last start of the season. So Heath says Tyone, Chris Towers, one pitcher that
1: blew you away yesterday. I think the answer has to be Dylan Bundy. As someone who drafted a bunch of Dylan Bundy this season. I looked at the schedule and I saw he was going against Toronto and I thought this was going to be a disastrous first start for him. That's a team that hits a ton of fly balls, hits for a lot of power, and he gave up a lot of fly balls and a lot of home runs last season. He was incredible. That changeup was ridiculous last night. And uh the fact that he was able to do that against a mostly right-handed lineup in Toronto, I think that's a good sign. Yeah, actually. Uh, Mike, Mike, can Mike I add a to, second
2: one? Because we... We're probably leaving out the most impressive. But well, I'll
1: hold on. We, we'll get to all of them, but I just want to say
0: Mike Exisa, uh, he, yeah. he wrote about it on CBSports.com. Dylan Bundy got 17 swinging strikes for the game. He had 14 of them with his changeup. He was throwing changeups, righty on righty changeups. He also, Dylan Bundy himself said his slider was working really well for him. So it looked, it looked really good if you're a Bundy owner. This is a guy they were, they were kind of holding back, letting him throw his slider because of injury. Not anymore. And seven innings, one run, eight strikeouts, no walks against the Blue Jays. All right, Heath, are you going to go with Brandon Finnegan?
2: I mean, he had two base runners in seven innings and struck out nine. It does not get a lot better than that.
0: Dude, Brandon Finnegan was awesome against the Phillies. So, yeah, seven scoreless, one walk, one hit. And he struggled in the first inning. And he, you know, he got a little flustered. He got out of the inning without giving up a run. Finnegan retired 19 in a row. And he finished the seventh inning with a called strike three at 94 miles per hour. He, now the weather probably played a little bit of a factor in this game being as low scoring as it was, but. The Phillies
2: played a factor. The Phillies
0: played a factor, but Finnegan, I looked in every league, he was owned and he's only 61% owned. I made you an
2: offer to try to trade him to you.
0: Oh, you jerk with that offer. I, I, I'm trying
2: to trade you two of the, Fastest risers in the fantasy baseball <laughs> Thank community. You.
0: After three games. Thank you very much. I Look, I, la- last night was a night where I was being active trying to pick up players, and I couldn't pick up Finnegan, but I would have. The other two that I wanted to pick up were Charlie Morton, who's 45% owned. I'm not, I don't know if I buy it with him, but I want to have him. And Willie Peralta, 8% owned. I don't know if I buy it with Willie Peralta, but I want to own him. His last 10 starts of 2016 after being recalled – Peralta had a 2.92 ERA. He uh, shut out the Rockies over five innings with five strikeouts, uh, only seven swinging strikes. But um, yeah, I dropped Patrick Corbin for Willie Peralta. I don't think I, I dropped someone else for Willie Peralta. I don't remember. Oh, uh Jacoby Jones. Yeah, I've got no interest in Willie Peralta. I he throws I like 98 know. miles per hour. And Morton, Morton, the velocity is legit. I actually did most uh, mostly watch the Astros. And uh, James Paxton's Mariners, and they both look great, Morton and and Paxton. I don't know about Morton. I, I feel like he's going to be one of these pitchers that gets beat up the third time through the order. But I think it's worth taking a shot on. I, I, I'm excited. You can hear it in my voice. I'm excited about yesterday's pitchers. Uh Yeah, yesterday was an interesting day for pitching. So what do you guys think about Morton and Peralta? Both are, are pretty available. Morton's 45% owned. Peralta's 8% owned. Only
2: in league specific for me. I mean, I guess Morton's garnering more attention to other people. I'm not buying into it.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't see much of a reason in like a standard 12 team to go after either one of them. But, you know, with my pitching strategy, I do have to jump on pitchers anytime they look interesting. And Morton looks a little interesting right now, I would say. Yeah, I, this is what I do. I jump
0: on pitchers when they're interesting, and I try to drop guys that don't really have much value right now. It wasn't easy to drop Patrick Corbin in a in a pitcher in a league where he's eligible as a reliever, and well, you know, in a SPARP league. But I just he might stink. So, like, I kind of yeah,
2: want Charlie Morton and, and
0: Wiley Willie Peralta might stink as well. Yeah, they might. But but I'm intrigued. Like I I, th- I think there's something there with Peralta. Next week, I'm a little worried. At Toronto and at Cincinnati. Also, they're both two-star guys next week. Peralta at Toronto and at Cincinnati, and Morton at Seattle and at Oakland.
1: I would assume pretty much everyone who pitched last night will be. Yeah. And, and I, and the thing is, like, Peralta's
0: 8% owned, and that means he's probably available in some NL-only leagues or some really deep leagues, and, and I do think you have to take a chance on him there. Alright, also, Jared Eichhoff, 78% owned. He was very good at Cincinnati. And Paxton, you gotta be happy about that, Chris. 97% owned, so not picking him yep. up, but 16 swinging strikes, 6 scoreless innings, 5 strikeouts at Houston.
1: Yeah, velocity was there, he looked very good, looked like the, uh, looked like the guy I wanna see. Now, you know, Houston's a team that swings and misses quite a bit, so that number may be a little inflated, but that was, uh, that was the kind of performance I wanted to see against a lineup that still puts up a decent amount of runs. Garrett Richards left with, uh, biceps cramps, but could could make his next start. I
0: know it's not great, but they're downplaying the injury. But at Oakland, Richards was good four and two thirds, no runs on three hits, four strikeouts. Not nah. You don't look convinced. Heath.
2: I I I don't have any Garrett Richards on my team. I was not convinced that he really has a great. I mean, they told us just a few weeks ago that he had a hard limit of a hundred pitches in any game.
1: So he was. Still, twenty-five pitches away. There,
2: very first game, he leaves with bicep cramps. I like you could not. His entire uniform should just be a red flag.
0: <laughs> okay, but at least he pitched well, and it was just yeah, cramps. That's fine. Like I don't
1: get, I don't get red flags for cramps. Um, <laughs> it's not really the cramps; it's the the whole thing with him. Like, he like
2: was, he has an elbow injury that he's trying to just avoid yeah. the. The fix for, yeah, I don't, and I don't buy the bicep the pitch is actually thing. attached to the elbow. Nah,
0: yeah, they're
1: they're sure, you know to the. Bicep. So I that,
2: like if if it had been a forearm cramp or a tricep cramp, that would have been equally concerning. Yeah, how bad are foot
1: cramps? I don't get you ever get foot the cramps. jaw cramp. I like like have never had a jaw arm? cramp. Yes, that's oh that's awful. Worse, yeah. yeah, I never had that. <laughs> to me when I was driving a couple days ago. I thought I was going to oh, die. Really? That's yeah. weird. Uh, He also missed two days of the tummy (laughs) aches.
0: Who would you rather own, guys? Jamison Tyone or James Paxton?
1: James Paxton. Paxton. But I I do think you can make a a pretty compelling argument that we have downplayed Jamison Tyone a little too much because he might not have super high ace potential. um, But, like, he was really good last year after not pitching at all for two years.
2: Here's something I was thinking about last night. There were some phenomenal performances. A lot of the – there were also some bad performances from guys like Taiwan Walker, Cole Hamels. Are you – you're an underreactor, mm-hmm. I would say. Does anybody move in your rest of season rankings last yesterday? No, probably not. I, I want to put – I Finnegan a, and Tyone might have gone up
1: in mine. Maybe Finnegan. That's the one. Because Tyone, I still – I think I have him in the 30 to 40 range at starting pitcher. I'm a little low. Yeah, I think you've been the low guy on Jameson Tyone. I want to put a little context on Cole Hamels
0: too. I got to I don't really understand the official scoring thing here. I uh No Mar dropped a ball. Went off his glove. Went off his glove. It was ruled a hit. So, two runs that um, that Hamels allowed should have been unearned. In fact, he he had one unearned run. Two more should have been unearned. He should have given up one one earned run all game, I think, on the home run he gave up to Lindor. Um, but he didn't pitch great, obviously. It was a quality start, it was six innings, three runs, four, four runs, three earned runs. But I, again, I think he got screwed on official scoring. And also the same thing with Danny Salazar in that same game. Lindor, I just wanna, I wanna get exactly what happened here. So it was uh, a three run fourth inning for the Rangers. And none of them should have scored, because with two outs, there was a ground ball to Lindor. All he had to do was throw to first. He tried to run to second base. Joey Gallo beat him to second base. Lindor then threw the ball to first, and all he had to do was get one out. And Edwin Encarnacion wasn't even looking for it, because Lindor tried to get the out at second. So there ended up being an error there. Two runs scored on the error. Another run scored after that. All three should have been unearned runs. I don't know exactly why they weren't. because I, you know, it was just, it was just stupid. So, so he should have been out of the inning unscathed. Instead, Salazar gave up four runs when he should, probably should have given up one, but he did walk four guys. That wasn't yeah, a Yeah, the good walks start were a
2: problem. The strikeouts are still awesome.
1: 21 swinging strikes last night that's, for Danny Salazar.
2: I'm not, even without hearing your explanation, I wasn't going to get too upset over Danny Salazar giving up too many runs against that Rangers lineup in that park.
1: Also because it's Danny Salazar and that's what he does.
2: He does do that sometimes.
0: Uh, the walks were, Bad for him, four walks and five innings, but his one start. Um, yeah, okay, that's fair. So nobody's really moving in the rankings. There are other guys we should talk about, like Taiwan Walker and Bartolo Colon, who, by the way, was a top 30 starting pitcher last year. Uh, let me finish up with this section here. Would you rather have Dylan Bundy or Jamison Tyone? Definitely Bundy in a points league
1: Yeah, Bundy when he's RP eligible Tyone otherwise, I think
0: And I know you guys, you're not that excited about Charlie Morton and Willie Peralta But I don't understand how Alex Cobb is 60% owned Alex Cobb needs to be owned in more than 60% of leagues Fine What do you mean, fine? This, I mean, first of all, has two starts next week At the Yankees and at Boston So we'll see how he does But in two thousand thirteen yeah, is like are you starting
1: him against the Yankees and Red Sox next week?
0: I, I actually well, think Yankees, yes. I think the Yankees might be one of the better matchups in the American yeah. League. I, yeah, their 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 lineup is bad. I don't know if it's bad, but but it might be. It might be. Cobb two thousand thirteen and two thousand fourteen combined, he had a two hundred eighty two ERA and a one point one four whip and eight point two strikeouts per nine. Like, there's no way Alex Cobb should be 60% owned.
2: Okay, 2015 and 2016 combined, he threw 43 innings with an ERA over seven.
0: All right, so the guy had Tommy John surgery, and now he's back. Like, what? what is What is so hard to Why comprehend? Why do you
2: just assume that he's just good again when the very limited sample we got last, he didn't pitch at all for one year, and then the next year he comes back and he can't get anybody out, and now I'm not saying he's bad at it. I'm not saying that's not possible. And I'm not even but, saying
0: he's good, Heath. I'm saying he should be owned in 60, in more than 60% of leagues because there's a good chance that he's good.
1: There's a chance. I think there's a chance he's good and I'm fine owning him. I just, I don't know if I'm going out to add him and then starting him against the Red Sox and Yankees, in which case then I have to hope he's good enough next week that I'll feel confident to start him. With one start the next week. I know? would
2: pick him up over Morton. I would pick him up over Wiley Willie. I, I'm I don't think like I'm not dropping Taiwan Walker for him.
1: No. I will I, give you. I, I will give you. I don't you f-
2: think I'm dropping Jerrell Cotton
0: for him. All right, I was going to give you four names that I would I would probably drop for for uh, Alex Cobb, and I want to know how how you guys feel about this. Michael Pineda, Matt Moore, Jarrell Cotton, Ian Kennedy. Michael Pineda, Matt Moore, Jarrell Cotton, Ian Kennedy. How many of them would you drop for Alex Cobb? Nope.
1: Maybe what? Cotton. What? You Michael Pineda? Okay, can I can I ask you something? What did you see yesterday that like you drafted Michael Pineda? Probably in like the fifteenth round. Don't it talk a to be investment, but it's more than like a last round pick. What did you see from Michael Pineda yesterday that made, that changed your mind? Nothing, and I didn't draft Michael Pineda cause I don't think, I don't like Michael Pineda. That's fine, but if you drafted Michael Pineda, you you're have. saying something you saw yesterday convinced you he is no longer Michael Pineda? No, I'm saying that he is Michael Pineda
0: and Michael Pineda didn't deserve to be drafted, especially in the 15th I mean, round. That's not true. He, if, he, if Michael Pineda deserved to be drafted, it was with one of your very last
1: picks. Somebody who has 240
0: strikeout potential deserves to be drafted. Fine, but if there's a, a, an option on waivers that, that's better, then Michael Pineda should be dropped. The guy,
1: he's not a good pitcher. Like, I, I mostly agree. Michael Pineda was Michael Pineda yesterday. Yeah. But I don't see how you could have thought he was worth drafting a week and a half ago and then think he's worth dropping now because he had one bad Michael Pineda well, you, start. It would he only be because bunch...
2: somebody else emerged that you like. Yeah,
1: better. Yeah, exactly. I, I just I don't think that's happened.
2: What if Brandon Finnegan was on the waiver wire? no brainer i think you could easily make that that decision and i had i had Panado ranked ahead of finnegan in the preseason but
0: yeah
1: i maybe
2: because i don't think if i drop michael pineda anybody's going to pick him up until he has a good start
1: yeah i don't know i i just i have trouble with that kind of logic like i this like you said i'm an under under reactor under reactor and i just i mostly am too I'm definitely not. I know I'm an overreactor, but like, and Matt Moore too. Like Matt Moore had a Matt Moore start. Well, yeah, but that's a th- like, and
0: I I don't know that I would drop Matt Moore for Cobb. I I think I would, but I understand that Matt Moore is going to be pretty good at home. He had some great great starts for the Giants last year. He showed a lot of stuff, and I I don't think that this start yesterday just kills Matt Moore. He gave up six runs, three earned in five and a third, and just wasn't good at Arizona. Um, but. I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just like Cobb more. But if we're talking about Finnegan, sixty one percent owned, about the same, a little bit more than than Alex Cobb. I would
1: drop. I would drop Matt Moore for for Finnegan. And Pineda. I don't know if I would do it for Pineda. Yeah,
0: you know, That's we always true. say. I still
1: like. I, I just think Michael Pineda is a pretty safe bat for two hundred strikeouts and a like a long shot bat for like a huge two hundred and forty strikeout season. And and I just think that upside's still there. But you will never start Michael Pineda, even if he
0: strikes people out, if he can't, if there's no run prevention. I agree. So, all right. And like he said, nobody's picking up Michael Pineda right now because he looks like the guy who had a 5 ERA last year. All okay. Right. Hey, Sam Dyson. Yikes. Gave up a grand Oops. slam. Blew a save. He's now had two appearances, and he has a 72 ERA. So they say they're sticking with Sam Dyson right now. It's way too early to panic. He was good in the World Baseball Classic. He's been bad in two appearances. Matt Bush would probably be the next guy up. Would you guys agree? Is he the guy to add if you want to take a shot in the Rangers' bullpen?
2: I I think it's like 65% Matt Bush. And people are acting like it's 95% Matt Bush. And I think it's probably 30% Jeremy Jeffress.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably higher for Bush than 65%. I, I think the guy who's working the 8th inning is usually the next guy in line to get the 9th. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the case last year when their closer imploded, uh Sean Tollison in the first week, weeks of the season. So, yeah, I, I think Matt Bush is definitely the guy next.
0: And Bush would be interesting if he takes over there. He had, as a rookie last year, a 2.48 ERA, a .94 whip, and a strikeout per inning. So he could get the job done, but right now they're sticking with Sam Dyson. So, you know, don't drop him. Um, Rice Iglesias got a save and first save of the year for the Reds. Michael Lorenzen pitched the eighth. I think he came in the the – no, he pitched the eighth. So, never mind. So, but this is what I read in Cincinnati.com. Quote, when right-hander Michael Lorenzen entered in place of Finnegan for the eighth, the stage seemed set for the first look at the Reds' newfangled alternating closer bullpen. It was not to be. Lorenzen gave up a couple infield singles to start the frame and needed 24 pitches to complete the inning. His spot was due up to start the bottom of the eighth, and Reds manager Brian Price sent up Scooter Jeanette as a pinch hitter. Fellow closer-ish righty, Rysel Iglesias, tossed the scoreless ninth for the save. So there's your context. Uh, Brian Shaw got a save for Cleveland. Cody Allen was likely unavailable. He had two saves already. And Fernando Rodney's back, everybody. Scoreless... And hit in perfect frame for a save against the Giants, his first of the season.
2: Just good enough to keep his job. There you go.
0: Uh, Thursday is gonna typically be buy or sell day. So here we go from the listeners, buy or sell. This is from Big Earn. Like Big Earn McCracken. One of the best Bill Murray characters. Agree or disagree?
1: What, what movie is that from? That
0: is Kingpin. Oh. Great sports movie. Oh please.
2: <laughs> yes, great sports movie, and not uh, sure
1: it makes my uh, not sure if it makes like my top eight Bill Murray characters.
0: I think well, uh, it's, not, it's
2: not Bill Murray's best sports movie. That's obviously Caddyshack. Oh my
0: god! Even if yeah. I thought golf was a sport, which I which I think I might now, I've sort of changed my Listen, mind. Here's on Here's the
2: thing: if you go to one of these golf courses and try to play eighteen holes every day, walking, carrying your own tour bag. You're going to be exhausted and most likely injured.
0: It doesn't mean it's so, a sport. Like I always compare. Oh, it to... I, I get
1: hurt every time I play golf. <laughs> it doesn't like my oblique every time.
0: Like, but it doesn't make it a sport. I always compare it to mowing the lawn. Like if I went outside and I mowed the lawn every day, I'd probably get pretty tired. But and and some people are probably better at mowing the lawn than me
1: than I yeah, am. But there's but... competitive lawn mowing. That would be a sport. Eh,
2: they have sport. lawnmower races in the Midwest. It's not. Yeah, a sport. Yeah, but
1: that's not a sport. No. That's the Midwest
2: being weird.
0: Alright, anyway, uh, big earn, buy or sell, Bartolo Colon defying the odds and being awesome again all season. I'll buy it, but I won't rank him like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll sell it just cause I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna move Bartolo Colon up in my rankings. I'm not gonna rank him as, as a must own starting pitcher. Yeah, well they loved him in New York last night. Got a nice ovation That's when good. he came up.
2: good. I'm happy for him.
0: Nate Peterson, buy or sell, Mark Reynolds plays himself into the Rockies lineup even when Desmond and Dahl return. Hard sell. Hard sell, but I'm sticking
2: by my take. Uh, did you see we picked him up yesterday? Oh, good. In the uh, For the People League? Good, good, good. I think he's going to be very startable until those guys come back.
0: Okay, that's Mark Reynolds. Chad Banks, buy or sell, Dylan Bundy will be mixed league relevant all season. Hard buy. We shouldn't yep. necessarily overreact from one start. I mean, we're very encouraged, but Bundy is top what starting pitcher right now? 50. Yeah, yeah, Um, in 50. Okay. Buy or sell from Nick. <laughs> Greg Bird, spring
1: training meant nothing. Uh, yeah, you didn't get any fantasy points for it.
2: Uh, hard sell. It meant that he got this opportunity at the beginning of the year. It didn't mean anything for fantasy, but it definitely... It didn't it, it didn't mean he was a 40-homer guy, no, if that's No, but it thought. definitely meant that the Yankees were going to give him a chance to play every day. Like uh, we wouldn't have... It, it, it may have meant that he got overdrafted.
0: I will say this. Greg Bird right now is nursing a sprained ankle. He hit a foul ball off of his ankle at the end of spring training, and he says it's bruised, but it's feeling better. And he does not think it's impacting his play, but you know, nobody's gonna to admit to that. Right now, like, Sanchez and Bird are just off to an absolutely terrible start. I haven't even thought about buy low, sell high yet. But do you think Bird and, and, and Sanchez are buy low candidates or do you
1: think, uh, you're, you want to avoid them? You're a little worried. If someone wants to sell either of those guys before they even play a home game, I, I would be very willing to buy. Okay. Jamie Sayer, buy or sell Charlie Morton is a top 30 starting pitcher.
0: On the Astros? <laughs> So, so, but like I, again, I'm not sure I buy it with Morton, but he is a completely different pitcher right now. He's throwing a lot harder.
1: Yeah, yeah. for sure. We just we haven't seen much evidence that it's mattered. We have, but we haven't seen evidence that it hasn't mattered because he had a good spring and he had a good start.
0: Mm. Okay, that's fair. Fine.
1: He just has a really long track record of not doing much at
0: all. He does. Now, Dan Malin, buy or sell, Kendall Graveman, buy or sell Graveman, or basically buy Graveman, basically, no, buy or sell, Kendall Graveman, good start and good velocity.
2: Buy. It was a good start, it was good velocity, and it's a building block for possibly, if he does that two times in a row, he's, he's moving into, uh, a different range as a pitcher.
0: So you understand that I just yeah. asked you about Charlie Morton and Kendall Graveman got completely different answers. You know why
2: because Morton's been worse. We have a much more extensive history of Charlie
1: Morton not being well, good. Well, also like I would definitely sell Kendall Graveman as a top 30 starting pitcher too. Yes. Absolutely. Right. That's fair. But but Morton I I mean
0: and had, Morton had some has good years this hard before. Morton had uh, I guess he had like a couple of good years, 2013 and 14 with Pittsburgh, he was all right.
1: But like he's thrown he's averaged mid 90s with his fastball before. He's up from last year. But he's right around where he was from 2010 to 2013 for the most part. Okay. Who would you rather have if you were going
0: to take a shot, Graveman or, or Morton? Uh, Graveman because he
1: plays in a much better park.
0: You'll go Graveman. All right. A lot of good lineups in that division. It's a little scary. Well, there are three. Three very good ones. Um, What's next? The, the league sports block, buy or sell Bryce Harper back in the top four in drafts in
1: 2017. I'll buy it. He looks so locked in. I know it's only three games plus the spring, but. And it's
2: the Marlins pitchers.
1: Yeah. But man, he looks really good. Dan Keller, buy or sell, selling high on
0: Dallas Keichel.
2: I, I have a hard time with this whole selling high concept after three games. I don't know, like, but if there's somebody in your league that thinks 2015 Dallas Keichel is walking through that door, then you should sell quickly.
0: Okay. Agree. From Josh, buy or sell. Brandon Crawford finishes the year as a top 12 shortstop.
2: I think I had him ninth in points, so I will buy it.
0: I think I'll sell it.
2: He definitely he won't in Roto. We all price. agree on that. We'll both sell on Roto. I buy in points.
0: All right. And finally, Travis, buy or sell. Travis Shaw over Greg Bird in the head-to-head categories league.
1: Sell.
2: So far, for sure. Uh, yeah, answer the question, either. Greg Bird's got some catching up to do. And uh, no, I, I've had Travis Shaw ranked ahead of Greg Bird for the entirety of 2017, so I
0: will buy it. Interesting. All right, I want to talk about uh, Heath making a trade offer to me, which was just a slap in the face. It involves Travis Shaw, but... I also want to tell you that, you know, last night, maybe it wasn't a great baseball night for me at the Yankees losing, but dinner was awesome because I made my first of three Blue Apron meals for the week. You can have awesome dinner, too, with three free meals. Why turn that down? Three free meals at blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. Go there right now. Last night it was chicken with roasted vegetables. Tonight, listen to this, Fontina stuffed pork chops. And then this weekend, I'm going to make spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza. I can't wait. I love Blue Apron. The ingredients are fresh. They're better than anything you're going to get at the grocery store. You get exactly what you need, so you never waste food. It's affordable, less than $10 per person per meal. It's convenient, delivered right to my door every week. And I've tried so many things that I've never had before. I really love the variety with Blue Apron. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com/fantasybaseball. That's blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. Blue apron, a better way to cook. All right. Heath makes an Azer trade offer. Hardly. Azer trades are very lopsided. They are insulting. Uh, I do them a lot, I guess. Not on purpose always. Sometimes I think I just have a reputation. Actually, I make a good trade offer and people are like, Oh, Azer sent this. This must be a terrible trade. But, uh, Heath actually wrote about this in his trade column. Yesterday. He's like, don't make Acer trades.
2: Well, no. To be clear, my original point was I'm kind of tired of hearing I want to make sure I make a good deal for both teams. I want both teams to win the deal. You don't set your lineup on Monday morning thinking, I hope this game is really close. You're trying to win. Yeah, of course. But you can do that without making Acer trade offers (laughs)
0: like this one. All right. This is a terrible trade offer. So he offered me Brandon Finnegan and Travis Shaw. Brandon Finnegan and Travis Shaw for Cole Hamels and Roberto Ozuna in a twelve-team so rotation, finding league. an injured pitcher. I right, look like I said Hamels wasn't. Let's look at let's look at Cole Hamill's line. Like, why are we freaking out about Cole Hamels? He had six innings, five hits, three earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts.
2: To be clear, before this start, you had basically placed him on the block and said, "I don't want Cole Hamills. Make me an offer." It's
0: true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I. But but like. <laughs> Danny Duffy is a better offer than Brandon Finnegan and, and Travis Shaw, in my opinion, unless Finnegan just has a monster year.
2: Uh, I didn't. I thought maybe you wanted to take a chance on Finnegan having a monster year. And I was
0: offered Danny Duffy, by the way. No, I do. I would love to take a chance on Finnegan. I'm not giving up Cole Hamills, who's 200 innings, 200 strikeouts every single year. Like, there's no way. I didn't way. think you liked Cole Hamels. I don't. All right. You I don't hate Cole Hamels. I think he's better than Finnegan. And here's the thing: like, we got to talk about this with Travis Shaw. 2015, Travis Shaw started getting regular playing time in August. In his first 18 games, Shaw hit 385 with a 738 slugging percentage, 6 home runs. He was amazing. Rest of season, he batted 226. In 2016, first 39 games of the year for Shaw, 329 batting average, 573 slugging, 6 home runs, 13 doubles. Got off to a great start again. Rest of season, he batted 205. So, so- I don't know. I'm maybe Travis Shaw is just a fast starter. Uh, Best I can
2: tell from the pattern here, Travis Shaw should be amazing for his first 81 games in 2017.
0: No, about 30. Yeah, yeah, yes, 18.
2: And so you double 18 plus three is 39. You double 39 plus three is 81. (laughs) So I would expect sell high on Travis Shaw just before the All
0: Star break. Okay, very good logic. I don't know if that stuff means anything. You listeners out there could decide if that means anything to you when you evaluate Travis Shaw, who did Homer yesterday. Uh, news and notes. Steven Piscotty cleared the concussion protocol. Denard Spann sat again, but could be back for the Giants next game. Uh, I think they play today. They do. Some is on the mound. Drew Pomeran's likely to start Sunday for Boston. I don't know if you saw this Eduardo Nunez he ran through a stop sign with two outs in the second inning and he ended up scoring from second base on an infield single. He's playing with his with his some hair on fire. Hair on fire, yes. Yeah, I was going to say his pants on fire but no. Very honestly playing with like
2: he just had a career year and then spent the entire offseason hearing everyone discounted.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk about him and some other hitters who are off to a great start like uh, Miguel Sano. George Springer, Nomar Mazara, and a couple of deep league guys. Mookie Betts was out with an illness. Manny Machado was robbed of a likely home run by Kevin Pillar. Oh, the autocorrects are back, everybody. Miami third baseman, uh, third baseman Martin Pearl could come off the DL next week. Do you
2: think Scott's ready to drop Derek Dietrich
0: yet? Was just about to say he better be ready to drop Derek Dietrich. Uh, Devin Mesoraco is beginning a rehab assignment. Carter Caps is expected to throw a bullpen session today. Roberto Ozuna should be back on Tuesday. And we told you about Garrett Richards leaving with biceps cramps. Only one guy went double dongs yesterday, and that was Francisco Lindor. He homered from both sides of the plate. He had the homer off Hamels and a grand slam off Sam Dyson. Hooray. He,
1: he, he had a very nice game. He appears to be hitting them a long way as well. Oh, man. If I – Was uh, about to go to sleep, and
0: then I saw the score of the Rangers game. I said, "Oh, you know, I bet Sam Dyson's pitching." I'm going to turn it on. He could not throw a strike to Santana. He walked in a run. It just felt so inevitable that he was going to that he was going to give up something big. He had nothing, and he finally threw a strike. at Lindor crushed it. He killed it. All right, lineup stuff. Steve Pierce was in the lineup again. He started in left field at Baltimore. He moved to first base later in the game. Justin Smoke started at first. Uh Chris, you were talking about the Brewers off the air. What's going on with the Brewers? Their lineups
1: are kind of wacky. I believe every position player has started a game in the first three for them. And, you know, that's kind of something that we expected. I would say the only one that we wouldn't have would be Kirk Neuenheis, but... This was a team before the season that we talked about how many guys they have. They just have a lot of people that we think are really interesting, and it kind of the number added up to more than our available uh, lineup spots are available every day. Well,
2: yeah, it's the, it's the first week of the season, and you want to get everybody on the field <laughs> and in the lineup. I want them to feel like they're a part, like we're gonna need everybody. Somebody's gonna get hurt at some point, and I want guys to be ready, and so. We're going to get them some of the bats early in the
0: season. You're good at that. You're very good at that. But but Hernan Perez uh, was in the lineup. He doubled. Eric Thames was back in the lineup batting second. He homered. Last night it was Broxton and Domingo Santana who sat.
2: So the only starters that have started every game are Braun. Who will VR, probably
1: get a day off soon. VR. Uh, Arcia. Arcia and Shaw. That sounds right. Okay. They're best players. <laughs> yeah. Uh, JT
0: Realmuto has been batting second for Miami. I wonder if that's going to continue when Martin Prado comes back. What do you think?
1: I would guess not. I okay. don't think he moves down in the order.
0: Uh, Realmuto was the number six catcher in points leagues, number five in roto last year. This was good. Adam Eaton batted second with Rendon back in the lineup and Jason Worth batted seventh.
1: I'm very happy they're not batting Jason Worth at the top of the lineup. Uh, that's good news for Eaton. Uh, Gregory Polanco played left field, so that's, was also
0: good to see, because he DH'd in the season opener. Yuli Gurriel was back in the lineup at first for Houston, he batted sixth, Evan Gaddis caught, and McCann sat. And Josh Reddick started against a left-handed pitcher, and we kinda had it, like they have, f- uh, four straight lefties, including yesterday against Paxton, so we knew Reddick wasn't gonna sit all four games. Uh, Delano De Shields, He, we had, we had Delano De Shields DH'ing. We had Carlos Santana leading off, like Kyle Schwarber leads off now. Like such a baseball has changed quite a bit. Yes, you know. But uh, the Shields led off. He DH'd. He was pinch hit for at one point in the game. Carlos Gomez also played. He drew a couple walks, batting sixth. And Joey Gallo had three more strikeouts yesterday. And Jake Lamb started again against the lefty, and he actually doubled off that lefty, Matt Moore. But he went one for five. Here are some hitters who are off to a good start. Tell me what you think about. These two, let's do uh, two at a time, like widely owned, one's a must start, one is started in 75% of leagues. George Springer, all of his hits have come off righties, which is good because he's kind of okay against righties and amazing against lefties historically or last two years. And Miguel Sano, Miguel Sano, two for six with a home run and a triple. He also flew out to the wall yesterday. almost hit another home run. Uh, so Springer
1: and Sano, anything worth mentioning here? That first home run was an absolute
2: bomb. His triple yesterday was on the black on the inside corner pretty close to the knees. And he hit it to the wall in right field.
1: Yeah, he's he's locked in, Sineau. So no. When he makes contact, it goes a really long way. And that, you know, Duffy threw him a 91-mile-an-hour fastball on the inside, and he just, he turned on it. Okay.
0: Uh, what happens first? Miguel Sano has a two-homer game, or the Kansas City Royals have a three-game winning streak?
2: Miguel Sano has a, has a two-homer game. <laughs>
0: Probably. He
2: currently has a 100% fly ball rate.
0: Chris is that's, very happy with that's this. That's
1: a good <laughs> approach at the plate. Way to go, Miguel.
0: It is really making baseball like potentially very boring with all these hitters just fly ball, fly ball, fly ball. That's all they care about now. I don't think it's a good thing for baseball. Not that they should change what they're doing, but it's not great. If it's
2: a good thing for hitters, then that's what hitters should do, and it's up to the pitchers to make them change that.
0: Uh mm. two, two hitters. You want to weigh in, Chris? I I don't think it's a bad thing. Hunter Pence. You, you
2: love it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Let's I be more great. honest.
0: You love
1: it. I, gr- I think it's great.
0: Hunter Pence and Nomar Mazzara are 78 and 76% owned. Pence has a 400 batting average with a double and a triple. I've been watching Mazzara just seems like, Every time he's up, well, not every time, but many times he's up, I happen to have the game on. He's reminding me of Gregory Polanco from last year. He's just hitting the ball really hard. He's seven for 12. He has two doubles and a home run in three games. Uh, has not walked, but only one strikeout. Seven hits and 12 at bats. Not, not much room to walk. So I'm, I'm really happy about Mazzara. I'm assuming we all would rather have Mazzara than Pence.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, Mazzara, it's funny because we talked about how you know, he, there's no way you can maintain that home run to fly ball rates with his contact percentage numbers. And then he's just hitting the crap out of the ball. Well, that's matter.
1: that. That was the weird thing about Nomar Mazar last season is when the ball went out of the yard, he actually, I think he was like top 30 in baseball and home in a average home run distance. So when he did hit the ball out of the yard, it went a long way. It's just, he didn't hit the ball particularly hard, particularly often. Um, so he was kind of a tough nut to crack for me, and it was clear—it's clear that the talent is there, and it's more about finding that consistency. Mm-hmm. And you know, if he does, that's great. But we also saw him get off to a great start last year, and then I think he had like a 680 OPS in his last hundred games.
2: I—I I think the Polanco slash Christian Yelich comp are both good ones.
0: And I think that if you're in a shallow league, let's be honest, most people aren't picking up Nomar Mazzara. He's seventy-six percent owned, but. Just philosophically speaking, like if you're in a shallow league, this is a guy I dropped Michael Pineda for. It doesn't have to be Pineda for a pitcher. you
2: know? Right, sure. You probably didn't draft Michael Pineda in a shallow league.
1: He's 90-something percent owned. He's 96 percent owned. Okay. It blows yeah, my drop mind. Drop
0: for Nomar um, uh, Who's next here? Uh Eduardo Nunez, 98 percent owned, 94 percent started. Seven for 14 with three steals and three attempts. He stole 40 bases last year. No walks, three strikeouts. You know, let's not belabor it. Nunez off to a great start. We'll see what happens. Uh, Sandy Leone had a big day yesterday. He had a three-run homer to walk off in the 13th inning, something like that, against the Pirates. And he also doubled. Last year, Leone hit 310, slug 476. It was very, uh, front-loaded. June and July, he batted 391. August and September, he batted 263 with a 394 slugging percentage. I really had no interest in Sandy Leone. But he is forty percent on. Was I wrong? Should I have had interest in Sandy Leon?
2: I'm gonna assume forty percent of our leagues are
0: two catcher leagues. Yeah, that's and that's, that's the that's only that place he should be on.
1: catcher. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Would you rather have Mezzarocco
1: or Leon? Leon. Leon. He's playing. Hey, Mezzarocco going on a rehab assignment. Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah. That's never. That's never ended up poorly.
0: Uh, I'm just like I don't think that just because number two catcher is such a bad position that I don't think we should just completely overlook Devin Mezzarocco. No, well, you,
1: sure, but I, I would just say that Devin Mesoraco's had what one half of a season more good than Leone, right? He's basically had one good season.
0: Yeah, but you can't really. And compare that to was them.
1: three years ago.
0: I, I mean, Mesoraco was a prospect. He broke out when he was supposed to break out, and then he got Isn't hurt. Like... Isn't he? He's like thirty now, right? and he's probably up there in years. I, I don't. I don't know if he's thirty, but he's a he's. All things considered, if they're both healthy, like you would think Mezzarocco's is going to yeah, put up better numbers. 29 this
1: year. Yeah, I don't It's just we've got 1,100 plate appearances from him in his career. One good season.
0: I it's don't know. That fine seems, stash in a two-catcher league. It seems like oversimplified because I feel like he was the number two catcher for a while. I can't remember. And then he finally got the opportunity. He hit pretty well. And then we were calling him a breakout, and he broke out. He had a monster year, Mezzarocco. Yeah. And he's just been plagued by injuries ever since. Like He's more exciting than Sandy Leone. Two guys that are off yeah. to good starts. Tell me if you have any interest. Logan Morrison, Chase Headley. No. Nope. If you're in an AL only league and you own Chase Headley, you should know that he is, like, finally someone is doing this, consciously saying, I'm going to just beat the shift. And he is singling opposite field, and he's 7 for 11. Uh But he's Chase Headley. Rotation yeah, I think there there's quite a bit of debate over whether guys should
2: do that or not, but a guy like Chase Hadley definitely should. He
0: should. His goal is to get them to start playing him more straight up and then hit like he wants to hit. We'll see if it works. Uh I think rot- Mike Mustawski
2: did that a couple years ago and it, it worked.
0: Okay. Good for us, Yankees and Royals knowledge. Jacob deGrom had a good start. Rich Hill, he was fine. He gave up he walked three guys, but he gave up one run with five strikeouts at five innings. Chris Sale was great. Seven scoreless, seven strikeouts against Pittsburgh. And we talked about Salazar and Hamels. I don't know that we need to talk about any of these guys. DeGrom, Rich Hill, Sale, Salazar, Hamels, anything? Nope. Also, these guys. Jay Happ, seven innings, three runs. He did give up two home runs at Baltimore. He did strike out nine with no walks. That's Jay Happ. And Tanner Roark, uh, he got off to a slow start. He was a little bit rusty. I think his last spring training start got rained out. Hadn't pitched in a while. But then he turned it on and pitched great against the Marlins. Chris, have anything
1: to say about Hap or Roark? Uh, no, they both pitched about how I would have expected.
2: I will continue to watch the Hap strikeout-to-walk ratio because I've been lower on him than most because he's not a good strikeout pitcher. Uh, He did have that short period of time when he was in Pittsburgh where he actually struck guys out and didn't walk anyone. If he found that again, he would definitely be uh, much more valuable than I have him ranked.
0: All right, let's talk about these these four starting pitchers. Taiwan Walker. So you guys have been saying like it wasn't a good start. He had 14 swinging strikes. He gave up four runs in six innings, but one walk, seven strikeouts. I kind of felt like since the two of you, I thought liked Taiwan Walker, I was expecting you to come away encouraged by
1: this start against the Giants. Well, the thing for me with Taiwan Walker is I've always, uh, you know, I've said it a bunch of times that it's the development of the secondary pitches that needs to come and he didn't show any of that last night he threw six curveballs eight chain or eight cutters and six splitters that's just i don't think you can survive throwing 80% of your pitches as fastballs i just i don't think anybody's fastball is that good especially you know his fastball averaged 92 miles per hour last year it's not like it it you know he was electric with the pitch um so for for what I need to see from him, and what made me excited in the spring was that he was throwing, he reworked his slider, and it was you know that slider cutter movement. Um, I need to see that. That's what made me excited was the possibility of him developing a third pitch that could get right-handed batters out. All right, yeah,
0: Taiwan Walker, like we saw Dylan Bundy use a changeup and a slider to go with his fastball. We want to see something similar from Taiwan Walker. Uh, Dan Straley. Dan Straley's
1: the th- Dan Straley and Alex Cobb are owned in the same amount of leagues. How do you feel about that? Alex Cobb should be much higher owned. I, you know, I was watching the game and I, I think in like the third inning, I tweeted out Dan Straley is doing the thing where he's limiting contact again, just like last season, and it stopped very quickly. <laughs> he gave he up was getting a lot of soft contact at first, and then that contact turned really hard. And Bartolo Colon. Would you rather have Bartolo Colon or Dan Straley? Colon.
2: Yep, Bartolo.
0: He's 33% owned. He is not a two-star pitcher next week, according to CBSSports.com. Uh, but most of the guys we've talked about are. I'm looking for someone who has, like, two great matchups, and I don't really see it. Uh, like Tyler Chatwood. He's home but it's against San Diego and then he's at the Giants. I could see him being a sneaky two-star pitcher we'll talk about this more tomorrow uh like I don't know Charlie Morton at Seattle and at Oakland he considering he just pitched well against Seattle and Oakland's got one of the worst lineups in baseball I don't hate that not one bit so if you want to get ahead of the game could think about Charlie Morton I don't know uh and Hector Santiago any interest in him he's a two-star pitcher he had a good start against the Royals, Santiago is at Detroit and home against the White Sox next week.
2: At Detroit, home against the White Sox, I would rather have Charlie Morton for
0: sure. Yeah. So why is it that I'm so much more aggressive on the waiver wire than you guys? Er, This early in the year? Yeah.
2: I think you're being emotional about it. And I am in between you and Chris, and Chris is basically a robot.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, it's just that I trust my preseason thought. Like, I, I don't think really that you should change your preseason view of a player until, like, April, barring. It's April. Until the end of April, barring, like, some really (laughs) dramatic changes. But if someone comes out throwing a lot harder, or throwing a lot softer, with more fly balls, like like Charlie Morton. I, I, but okay, he's like, not throwing that much harder though. Like Heath, like he's Heath. throwing harder than he did last year, but not harder than we've seen him throw in his career. Heath, you might hate Willie Peralta,
0: but I'm looking at, and it's like you're in more leagues than I am, so that's that could be like you just don't want to deal with it every night, and you also have kids. So I sit there, I'm on my laptop, I'm watching a game on my computer, I'm watching a game on TV, I'm looking in my leagues when I see somebody interesting. Is this guy available? I'm thinking about putting a waiver claim. You might not like Willie Peralta. You should have put in a claim for him dropping Colton Wong. There is no reason why Colton Wong should be on your roster.
2: Okay, that's fair. Maybe you just don't like Colton Wong as much as I do.
0: There's somebody on, there's on your team that. That, that's droppable. This is my message to fantasy owners. Like If, you, if you're if you sitting there right now, you don't believe in Willie Peralta. I don't necessarily believe in Willie Peralta either, but there's a chance. Like I said, last 10 starts last year, he had a sub-3 ERA. He throws extremely hard. All five of his strikeouts last night were on a fastball. All right, so obviously I want to see him with better secondary pitches, but... Uh who did they play last night? Oh Bud Black was talking about how he his he was really good. he raved about Peralta, so even if I don't believe it, there's somebody on my roster that to me is expendable i'm gonna take a chance. And if Peralta has right, another good
1: start, everybody's going to be in on him. I typically don't draft players who I think are going to be expendable after three days. You don't have that option sometimes. Like, I'm, I'm going to look at your
0: roster right now. I guarantee there's someone expendable. Kenneth Vargas is expendable. <laughs> okay, sure. Scott Shebler is expendable. Like, you've got expendable players. You've, you've got 30 guys on your team. Some of this them are expendable. You have, know, uh, he's on your DL. Unfortunately, you're starting Tyler Saladino. Hey, how do you feel about Saladino uh, leading off for the White Sox, Chris?
1: He's great. Everyone loves him.
0: <laughs> All right, so that's my point. Like, I don't want to sit here and say I'm picking up this guy, and that means I totally buy in. I'm picking up a guy because I think now's the time to get him, and there's a chance that he could be good. And predicting the future's hard, so let's give ourselves the most opportunity that we can to have a breakout player on our team. I-
2: I understand that. In defense of Colton Wong, I will say I thought a week ago that Colton Wong was a more valuable fantasy asset than Willie Peralta. I still – that has not changed.
0: That's fair. Um, I get that. All right. Let's read emails. A lot of emails coming in the inbox. It's exciting. People are into it. We want to thank you so much for listening. And if you got time, why don't you leave us a good review, a five-star review. Leave us a wonderful comment. About Kreeth or Scam or whatever. Yeah, just about the show. That'd be we would appreciate that in iTunes. Adam from Illinois, hey, Walt, Jesse, and Hank.
1: That breaking is bad. breaking bad. That's
0: yeah, breaking bad. The second best show that I've ever seen. Behind the shield. I've never watched it. What?
1: I've never watched it.
0: Oh. Watch it tonight. I've the been whole le- thing? uh start it tonight. Although I do not the
2: shields, it's the second best show behind the shield. Yeah, the shield's better. They have the same cop in both shows, right? No.
1: Being behind the shields is very I good get place that guy confused
2: being. with the guy that's the cop in the shield, I think.
0: Uh the cop? No. Walt's uh, brother-in-law. No, he's not he's definitely not he is not Vic Mackey. Michael Chiklis, no. Okay. Uh all right, here's the question. Uh Adam is in a 12-team league with deep benches, so he's looking for a good hitter on his bench. Is Ryan Ship worth adding? to drop Matt Holiday or Keon Broxton? I think I would drop Matt Holiday for him, yeah. Wow. Really? All right. Just be aware. You're going to get power. Probably going to get a bad batting average from
1: Schimpf, right? For sure. Okay. But it could be pretty rare kind of power. Yeah, you've talked about that. You love his power. It could be 40 homer
0: power. Heath, would you drop Holiday or Broxton for Schimpf? I would drop Holiday
2: for Schimpf, most likely. Okay, Jeff in Tulsa. Dear
0: John, Freddie, Lou, and Amos.
2: I believe that's early seventies Royals: John Mayberry, Freddie Patek, Lou Pinella, and Amos Otis.
0: Oh, how about that? That was that was impressive. Uh, by ourselves, I, I. It could be not that. Yeah, no, it, it's possible. it's that. It's got to be that. I'm looking at. It. I googled it. It's it's that. Uh, buy or sell, AJ Pollock will hit 22 home runs, steal 36 bases, 370 on base percentage, 500 slugging for Pollock. Uh, um, so it's extremely unlikely
2: you're going to hit all those numbers on the nose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least? At least, yes. Uh, I, he probably won't get all four of them exactly, but that sounds like a very nice projection. I'm going to say slightly under.
0: Another guy who's playing like his pants and hair are on fire. He, legged, up for lost time. he legged out a double last night on what was a single for, for most hitters. He's he's fired up right now, AJ Pollock. Let's just
2: clarify this, though. You play like your hair's on fire. You When you lie, yeah. your pants are on fire. Uh, you yeah. don't play like your pants are on fire. If somebody's know. pants were know. on fire, they would not play at all. I
1: don't know. They'd be maybe, rolling on the ground. Maybe you would run a lot faster if your pants were on fire. That
2: would just add the more same air to the
1: The same principle as your Hair being on fire. Exactly. I agree with With that.
2: With the hair, you're running to a source of water. and Not in (laughs) baseball. (laughs) With your pants, you're just rolling.
1: In Arizona, it would have to be in the outfield. In
2: the dugout,
0: after you get around the bases. Don't they have a pool? Don't
1: they have, like, a pool? Yeah, that's what I was saying. (laughs) You jump into the pool out there.
0: Blake from Boise, grade the trade. Give up – this is a fun one. Head-to-head points league. Give up Charlie Blackman and Kyle Hendricks. Say, that must be – that's a lot to give up. You better be getting something good back for Blackman and Hendricks – for Mike Trout, uh, I think that's a B plus.
2: I we don't have a, a points trade chart yet. But the Roto trade chart, I believe, would uh, would not like that as much. But I'll, I'm going to
0: give it to him. I'm, I'm going to say a C, solid C. Okay. Ryan in St. Louis has a league dispute. Can you help us with a brewing league dispute in my 15 team Roto keeper league? So the context here is that they've got a team that's co-owning, that they've they've never had co-owners before. Here we go. Last night, a trade was made, and this morning, a message was posted from one of the co-owners saying he didn't get consulted, and now he wants the trade withdrawn. This is starting to cause a ruckus. What are your thoughts, guys? We're only a week in, and these two co-owners are already pissing everybody off.
2: This is Ryan from the For the People League, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. Also known as Chris's arch nemesis. Um,
1: yeah, I. It's their don't own really fault. Care it's about their your fault. internal disputes. Yeah, I, I. I think you let the trade go through and let the league figure it out, or the, the owners figure it out. Yeah, like, of that's, course. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, it's
0: their it's their issue. Uh, John in Nashville, dear Angelica, Tommy, Chucky, and Lillian. Chuckle, right. No, oh, is it chuckle. chuckle?
1: It's the Rugrats. It's Chuckle. Rugrats. He, he spelled it. Well, it, wrong. it says Chuckle. Yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a typo. It's Chucky. Yeah. Maybe there's some show that has Look, a old on man. It. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I I just think maybe
0: he's don't talking question about a different me show.
1: on 90s Nickelodeon cartoons. Yeah,
0: chuckle. it's true. Uh, Chris, do you remember who hosted the show Slime Time Live on Nickelodeon? Slime Time Live, I do not. Okay, you should look that up. Uh, can you all talk – it's 15-team league. Can you all talk about deep league players such as – would you rather have Dan Straley or
1: Brett Anderson or Dickey, Chatwood, guys like that? I think Chatwood's an interesting uh, person to to look at. I know pitching in Colorado makes him less interesting, but I, I would take a look. I might be slightly more interested in Anderson, but it's solely
2: as a, I'm going to start – like. All of these guys, I don't feel like even in a fifteen league, fifteen team league, are guys that I'm keeping on my roster. They're guys that I'll, you know, I'll, I'll play for a week or two. They have good matchups, and then I'm finding someone else.
0: I'll, get, I'll tell you someone that I actually recommended to John that pitches tonight. I believe Brandon McCarthy. I still think there's a chance that Brandon McCarthy could be good in a fifteen team league or deeper. I'm interested in him. He's facing the Padres tonight, so. You know, I, I, I think there could be something there with McCarthy. Or he
1: could be terrible, but you know, you gotta take chances. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting name as well. Did you look up Slime Time Live yet? Is that your brother? That is my brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I never, I don't remember that show. Yeah, we were a little older. It started in 2000. Ah, okay, yeah, it was a little, a little after my Nickelodeon days. We kinda got done early today, so let me go into the inbox and see if I can
0: find some more well, I guess questions. we could play my terrible game that well, I decided was dumb. Oh, sure, we can do that at the expense of the listeners who have questions. Well, you're, it's going to take you a second. Brian in Pennsylvania. 10-team <laughs> Roto League. Would you give up Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Gonzalez? Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Gonzalez for A.J. Pollock and Christian Yelich? Yes. Oh, oh hell yeah.
1: I think I would, too.
0: All right, I wouldn't say, oh, hell yeah, but oh, yeah, I'd do it. Oh, hell yeah. Let's finish with your game,
2: Heath. Go ahead. Okay, we're gonna we're going to uh, play a little game because we want to educate the people. Uh, I'm going to give you a name, Adam, Uh-huh. and you just need to tell me what team this guy plays for. Oh crap! What position he plays and whether he's right or left handed.
0: Oh crap!
2: Okay, okay. And there's three players for each of you, and you can try to steal the other person's if they don't get it. This is Zach Putnam. Zach, Zach... He plays for the White Sox. This was Adam. <laughs>
0: So, Adam, do you want to guess who it is? He is a left fielder for the White Sox. No, he's a relief pitcher for the White Sox. Okay. Relief pitcher. That is correct. He is a relief (laughs) pitcher for
2: the White Sox. Chris, Jonathan Holder.
0: Oh, I think
1: I know this. That's, uh, St. Louis Cardinals beat writer.
2: He is a relief pitcher for the Yankees. All of these guys have played in a a game already this year.
1: Azer should have known that. Hazer.
0: Nick Whitgren. Nick Whitgren? Yes. Relief pitcher for the Mariners. Miami Marlins.
2: That is correct, Chris. Uh, That is a Marlins reliever. Adam's second favorite team. Doesn't know all the players (laughs) on his team. Jacob May, Chris. Jacob May. Yeah, I don't know. He is an outfielder, switch hitting for the Chicago White Sox. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Two players left. Adam Maser.
0: Luis Torrance. Luis Torrance feels like another outfielder <laughs> in the National League East. I'm going to say Luis Torrance is a p- – p- oh, no, he's not. He's on the p- – uh, he's a <laughs> – He's definitely in the fun. National if he League. with the
1: NBA, I would kill it. What's that? There's only 12 guys on the roster.
0: He's definitely in the National League, and he's definitely an outfielder. He's on the Rockies. He is a catcher for the Padres. <laughs> oh.
1: And
2: Chris will finish up with Jose Torres.
1: Oh, well, that's not. That's, <laughs> uh, he is an outfielder for the... Twins.
2: He is a relief pitcher for the Padres, actually.
1: Same thing. So,
0: good job, guys. Over <laughs> for 6. Although, Chris kind of got the first one. So, way to go. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Thank you for embarrassing me, Heath Cummings. You are definitely going to be uh, playing this game. We will be throwing <laughs> names at you, most likely tomorrow. For Heath and Chris, uh, back tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball Today. I'm Adam. See you later.